Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Tuesday, the second day of January 2024. We've now passed into the gloomy portion of winter, unless you wish to help celebrate my birthday later this week or Robert Burns later in the month. I was thinking about the Scots song by Robert Tannehill called Gloomy Winter's New Awa. Burns and Tannehill were contemporaries living in the later 1700s. They also wrote in Scots dialect. That is a form of English, but nearly incomprehensible to us today. There are several versions of the song on YouTube. Take a listen and see how much of the song's meaning you can get. As to Robert Burns, you may have sung at least a few lines of one of his songs this weekend, Old Lang Syne. Again, it almost needs a translation. Old, spelled A-U-L-D, is easy. That's old. Lang is tougher, roughly time, and sign has nothing to do with geometry and might be roughly translated since. The phrase means the old days. So if you distill down the changes in language and the negative put forth as an absurd question, the song means, let's remember and toast the good old days. Over Sunday lunch, I was discussing a bit of church history and made the comment that the Catholic Church we know today really does not take shape until at least the 4th or 5th century and many dogmas a thousand years later. On this day in 533, Mercurius becomes Pope John II. He is the first pope to adopt a new or royal name when he becomes pope. The practice has been universal in recent history and in most cases since that time. Marcellus II, elected in 1555, was the last pope to keep his given name. The Continental Army, under the command of George Washington, are attacked by British forces near Trenton, New Jersey in 1777. The Americans will win this round. On the previous Christmas, Washington led troops in the famous crossing of the Delaware River. This is all part of the same campaign. There is a meme floating that points out the crossing by saying, We will cross a frozen river in the dark on Christmas to kill you. We have done it. The natives are restless in 1791. The Big Bottom Massacre takes place in present-day southeastern Ohio. Native forces attacked a settlement of English. The term massacre might be a bit slanted, but it certainly was warrior versus civilian in a surprise attack. While accounts vary as to the number killed, it was most likely in the low teens. Barry Goldwater was born in 1909. A lifelong resident of Arizona, he was a senator before running for president in 1964. He was quite vocal in his positions and is considered the genesis of the current conservative movement. One plank in his platform was that the social security system needed an overhaul. This was fully six decades ago, and we're still debating the point today. Those opposed used tactics that are still in use. They overstated the position, then instituted the fear tactic of, he wants to take away your benefits. The idea of benefits from government are the linchpin in many, if not most, government actions. We will discuss this further on another point. In 1920, the government is having issues with a good cause, but a bad effort. The second Palmer raid arrests hundreds and over a couple of years, nearly 6,000 people. Palmer was the attorney general under President Hoover. 
This was part of a larger Red Scare in the post-World War I era. The scare had a serious level of basis, in fact, as there was a number of anarchist events and troubles across the country in the late teens. Palmer was frustrated by the fact deportations were the jurisdiction of the Department of Labor, and they were less enthusiastic with the effort. In several ways, this parallels today's border crisis. Some in government see it as the problem it is, and others claim it's not an issue. Science fiction writer and professor of biochemistry, Isaac Asimov, was born, well, sometime between October 19, 1919, and this day in 1920. His ethnicity was Russian and Jewish. The family immigrated to the U.S. in 1923. He will earn a Ph.D. in biochemistry, and that will be his profession. Today, we remember him for his literary works and his influence in science fiction. Asimov was a reluctant member of Mensa International. We would not put him in the Mensa category, but he certainly recognized for his quick wit and songwriting talents. Roger Miller was born in 1936. He grew up in the Depression era in the rural Great Plains. His music talents were showing before he enlisted in the Army to avoid jail time for petty theft. In his classic style, he claimed his education was Korea Clash of 1952. Noted songwriter Bill Anderson has claimed that a cadre of Nashville songwriters would follow Miller around with pen in hand waiting for the regular witty quips. One of Anderson's songs includes the line, if the wolf ever came to our back door, he'd have had to brought a sack lunch. He credits that to Roger Miller. During World War II, the FBI obtains convictions for 33 members of a German spy ring. Ronald Reagan is sworn in as governor of California in 1967. He will serve in that capacity for eight years. At the end of his second term, he clearly has his eyes on higher office. Most folks have forgotten that he had a daily radio program and will run for president in 76 and be elected in 1980 and 1984. Actor Cuba Gooding Jr. is 56 today. His latest work was the film The Weapon, and there are at least three more in the pipeline. President Nixon signs a bill lowering the speed limit to 55 miles per hour nationwide in 1974. The idea was to conserve gasoline in light of the OPEC embargo. Now, if you were awake in high school civics or government, you will ask, how did the federal government have that authority? The simple answer is, they did not, except through the Golden Rule Clause. The federal government has a grand ability to tax and have spent more money than they've taken in for decades. They simply told the states that you will lower your speed limit or we will withhold federal highway funds. The Golden Rule Clause is, he with the gold rules. It is routinely used to push federal mandates. Folks, are you paying a dime's worth of attention to the 2024 election? Granted, there's a lot of debate about the outcome of the 2020 election. But if you look at the legal contortions the Democrats in several states are taking to keep Donald Trump off the ballot, you have to seriously ask yourself just how outlandish is the idea that the 20 election was cooked. The idea that the 14th Amendment applies here is completely ludicrous. Go do your homework and read the Constitution. The 14th was one of several amendments passed in the years following the Civil War. 
It has five sections. The major point was to allow former slaves citizenship status. The third section forbid Confederate soldiers and members of that government from being elected to the post-war U.S. government. Some states had elected unrepentant Confederates to seats in the House, and this provision was to counter that. Section 3 reads, No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress, or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, or any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer in any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. The issue is twofold. One, it is legally questionable that this applies to the office of president. The one category that might apply is officer of the United States. Second, the whole January 6th affair is so highly politicized that we should back away. One side is calling it an insurrection, the other a political stunt by the folks calling it an insurrection. Folks, our country has a few issues that are pressing. The border is a big one. Trump, with all of his warts, is not one of the issues. Yet portions of the country are trying to prevent his campaign in 2024 and prop up a man who clearly has no business acting as the world's most powerful man. That's History and Comment for the second day of January. I'm Doug Terrell. Now, go do something worth remembering.